Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Everyone to uh, turn off their cell phones if you have them. My name is uh, Gene Olexen. I'll be your moderator today. I'd also like to remind you that the session is being recorded. Lunch today, is, as usual, will be $11, and you can just place it in the basket on your table and maybe have someone at your table count it. SACPA is a volunteer nonprofit organization and relies on the contributions of members and sessions attendees to do our for, put on our forums. If you're interested in a membership, Lisa on my right here will gladly help you out. We'd like to thank our partners, the University of Lethbridge, uh, for support and distribution of notices, Country Kitchen Catering for the lunch, Shaw TV for broadcasting the sessions on Sunday at 4.30, Lethbridge Media for covering our SACPA events, and also new this year, as you're aware, the uh, University Radio, CKXU, at 88.3, uh, covers our sessions live, I believe. Our format, as usual, will be the presentation till uh, around 12.30, then we'll have lunch, and then we'll have our questions and answers at 1 o'clock. I'd like to... Uh, Introduce our speaker now, uh, Mr. Ron Bain. Ron is a former owner of Runner Soul and is a longtime proponent of healthy living and lifestyles. Over the years, Ron has been an advocate for a pedestrian bridge that would eliminate the need to navigate the steep grades of the Old Man River and uh, make it more accessible to all citizens, regardless of age or ability. Ron is, the, is a past president of the Lethbridge Chamber of Commerce, a passionate organizer and supporter of numerous running events in Lethbridge, among them the annual Moonlight Run. Ron uh, earned the Lethbridge Sports Hall of Fame inductee status in 2007. So Ron today is going to talk about the Cooley Corridor pr proposal, and uh, without further ado, I'll uh, welcome Ron forward to uh, give us his presentation. So I'd like to start off by thanking you for attending today. At this point in time, I'm happy to be here. After the questions and answers, maybe not so much. But right now, I am happy to be here. On your tables, you'll see... Uh, a contact sheet, and there, if you're interested, you could put down your email address or a phone number, and if you would like us to keep you informed in terms of the progress of the Cooley Corridor Pedestrian Bridge, we'd be more than happy to make sure that you get the information as we get it. And also on your sheet, or on your table, there is a sheet with a green slip at the bottom. The green slip has a bit of a lead to a great, great website for those of you that uh, have access to the computer and can Google, you'll see it says uh, episode 170 and perils for pedestrians. 
And there's two names there. One is John Percari, and I'm going to refer to him later, and the other is Larry Foster, and I'm going to be referring to him as well. And these are two video clips that will only take a matter of maybe four or five minutes for each one of them, but it will give you a good perspective in terms of what we're anticipating and what we're looking for, and another reason why we feel so passionate about what we're doing here today. So if you wouldn't mind, at some point in time, when you're bored at home, just refer to that. And so what I'd like to start off with is, of course, pointing out the obvious, and the obvious being our beautiful, immense, massive river valley with the Old Man River flowing through it and how beautiful and how big it is. Now, I'd like to follow up a little bit on that. How many people here have actually gone up the Whoop Up Drive Hill, either by bicycle or by foot? Okay, so not that many, maybe about a dozen. And so, for those people that have done it, and think of the big and the beautiful valley that we've got, when you're at the bottom and you're on the current pedestrian bridge, and you're ready to climb out of the valley, you're still thinking big, but chances are you're not thinking beautiful. There, there's probably other words that come to mind, some of them that can't be mentioned here today. But you get the idea. And that's, and that's the problem. And so our Cooley Corridor Committee, which consists of people from tourism and downtown revitalization, the business community, health and wellness groups, and of course running and cycling, we've decided that we really do need to address this. And so as much as we would like to take all the credit for this great and wonderful idea that we're going to be presenting to you today, we're not going to take all the credit because some of the work has already been done by the city. In 2007, they came up with the Bikeways and Pathways Master Plan. And in this report, they indicated that the river valley is a problem for pedestrians and cyclists. But they also identified a solution, and that was to build something, and they refer it to being top of bank to top of bank. So they've identified the problem and the solution. And so then in 2010, it was followed up with the municipal development plan. And lo and behold, in there, in several areas, it was identified as being a problem. We have this great river valley, but it's a problem for pedestrians and cyclists. And again, they identified the solution. The solution is to build something that goes from the top of the bank to the top of the bank. And in 2011, yet another report that was entered into by Alberta Health Services and the city, the walkability project. And guess what? It was identified again. This is a problem. And so as much as we would like to take it as an opportunity to say this is a great idea that we had, well, it's a great idea that the city has had as well. And what I'd like to do right now is go back to 2009. If you remember 2009 and we celebrated the CPR high-level bridge, and there was a letter that appeared in the Lethbridge Herald back then, and I'll just kind of skirt it a little bit. starts off by saying, Bridges occasionally transcend their intended purpose as mere transportation links. 
they sometimes become icons for the communities. And this is the case with the Canadian Pacific High-Level Bridge. The, the article went on to say about the sense of awe and wonder for those people that attended the opening and what a magnificent thing it was for the city back 100 years ago. And it talks about how people can identify with Lethbridge and the Chinook winds and the bridge, the bridge, the high-level bridge that CPR built. The last paragraph sums it all up by saying, on the occasion of the 100th birthday of the high-level bridge, it is only important to appreciate how deeply this magnificent structure has attached itself to our identity, our vision of what we are as a community, and like many of you, I'm proud to live in the Bridge City, and the article was written by Bob Tarlick, our former mayor. And so here we are, three years later, and any time I've had the opportunity to speak to a group like this and I pitch this crazy idea of a bridge that goes from the top of the coulee to the top of the coulee, there has always been one person in the crowd, he may be out there today, that will stick his hand up and he says, do you know how much that would cost? And the words are hardly out of his mouth and he has pulled a number from the air. And he says that would be $75 million. Somebody else had another opportunity. He said, that would be $90 million. And somebody else said it would be $100 million. So, so what do we do? At some point in time, I had to start to talk to other people. And so I talked to people that build bridges. I talked to people that build bridges in Texas and people from Oregon that build pedestrian bridges. And I say, okay, we've got this river valley, and we want to go 3,000 feet across the river valley. And we want to go 300 feet high. What can we do? What would it cost? What are the possibilities? And I have yet to find a bridge builder or designer that says it can't be done. So we could do this. All we have to do is want it bad enough. And so we've talked to bridge designers in Texas and Oregon. And we've talked about how these projects, they become so successful for their communities. They become so successful that once they build the bridge, and because of the numbers of people that go there, they decide they need parks at either end of the bridges because they're, they're a magnet for people. And where they cross bodies of water they become that much more important. A little while ago, we talked to a fellow by the name of John Percari, and you'll see him on your little green tag. He was appointed by Barack Obama. But we talked to him on the phone. He's the United States Deputy Secretary of Transportation. So he knows a thing or two about pedestrian bridges, and he knows a thing or two about livable communities. And when he was talking to us, he said, Without a doubt, without exception, the single best thing that communities can do these days are build pedestrian bridges because they join the communities. They join the, the people. They join the pathways. The single best asset that can be done for cities today are pedestrian bridges. They become the focal point. Many of them are community-driven, just like this one is, and they become the single most popular project that they can do. Now, we also talked 
to Larry Foster. If we can bring some slides up. These slides are going to keep repeating themselves. And so you're going to see images of different pedestrian bridges throughout North America. And if you miss it the first time, don't worry, it's going to come back and you'll see it again. We talked to a fellow by the name of Larry Foster, and you'll see that he's on your little green sheet as well. Talking with Larry Foster, it's, it's interesting. He's got, his wife is from Canada, by the way, from around Kingston. But he was very, very pleased to talk to us about the project he was involved in, which is the Bob Carey Pedestrian Bridge. Now, if we think we have any problems dealing with our own bureaucracies as we deal with projects in Lethbridge or Alberta, picture this. The Bob Carey Pedestrian Bridge joins Council Bluffs, Iowa, population of about 62,000. And it joins it with Omaha, Nebraska, a much bigger city, but in a different state. And so you've got a fellow there that's trying to coordinate things, not only between two cities, but also between two states. And you'll see it up there right now. That's what they built, the Bob Carey Pedestrian Bridge, a beautiful, gorgeous bridge, 3,000 feet long. Gee, that's about the same length as we're looking at. Theirs is high enough that barges and tugs can go underneath it. Ours would be higher. But talking with him, when they first sent that out to see, well, how much would this bridge cost? How, what would a bridge cost to join two cities and two states? The numbers came back in excess of $40 million. Well, they said, we don't have $40 million. We're not even close to $40 million. But rather than give up, rather than say, well, that's the end of the project, they turned it around and they said, well, we have $18 million. What can we build for $18 million? The Bob Carey Pedestrian Bridge came back at $21,500,000. So they were still short by $3.5 million. But rather than say, we can't do it because we don't have that much money for this bridge, Rather than saying, we won't bother with it, they fundraised. They raised $3.5 million in less than a month to build the bridge. And that's what they got. That's what they got. And so we talked to John Picari and we talked to Larry Foster. And most recently, we talked to Ottawa City Council. And Ottawa City Council, they've, they've done a bit of a mind shift because for many years... They resisted the whole idea of pedestrian bridges. You know, they, they had a community of naysayers, and the naysayers said, what a waste of money. We, it, we don't need it, and we don't want it. And city council fought with that, but finally they had a look at it, and they went ahead and they built pedestrian bridges. And talking with them, what they have found is that it hasn't been a waste of money. It hasn't been a waste of precious money. It's been a wise investment. And what they're saying is that their only regret is that they made it too narrow because they had anticipated 1,500 to 2,000 people a day using it, and it's 5,000 people a day using it. And so they're saying at times there's congestion on the pedestrian bridge, and they should have made it wider. One of the councillors when it came to the vote, are we going to build the bridge or not? She voted against it, and she says it was the worst vote that she has ever cast. 
because of what the pedestrian bridge has done for their community. It's helped the community get more fit. More people are using bicycles. More people are getting around because of the pedestrian bridge, and it's becoming a more a more lively, more vibrant community. People are talking to each other, and people are becoming more fit in the process. And so we've talked to lots of people. We've talked to the bridge designers. We've talked to John Percari. We've talked to Larry Foster and Ottawa. And today we're talking to you. We're talking to you because we would like you to come away with a vision like we have, a vision that we can do this. And what an opportunity we have. We have an opportunity, just like CPR did over 100 years ago, to build a bridge of such iconic proportion that this is something that we can leave as a legacy to our children, to their children, and their children. And we can do this today. And the beauty of this bridge, unlike the one that we've got right now where you have to be a quasi-athlete in order to use it, and you can't use it for commuting, because frankly, if you used it for commuting, when you get to work, nobody wants to sit beside you. This, this project that we're looking at would be usable by legs that are five years old and legs that are 85 years old. It doesn't matter because it would be from the top to the top. It wouldn't matter if you've got a fully functioning athletic body or whether your body is confined to a wheelchair or whether you use a scooter to get around or whether you're at the point in life where you've got a walker. It doesn't matter because you would still be able to take in those amazing, magnificent views just like any able-bodied person or any 20-year-old. And so this is the beauty of a bridge like this, is that if we build it properly, it is something that everybody can use, regardless of your age, ability, or disability. For those, for those of you that would like to use it for commuting, because you're tired of seeing those gas prices rise seven cents a liter overnight. How did that happen? Well, it happened because of Middle East jitters. You know, we're worried about what's happening in Syria and Turkey and Afghanistan. And, you know, we've got Northern Gateway. We've got all these things, and they can raise gas prices based on any one of those. We're shutting down. So for those that want to use it for commuting and reduce the dependency on the automobile... This could serve as that vital link to give ourselves a better community for cycling because Lethbridge is a perfect size for cycling. You could, with proper bike lanes and a proper bike route, you could get anywhere you wanted to be in 30 to 40 minutes probably. And we need that. We need that opportunity to take away that nasty hill, the one that's not beautiful anymore. And so... We've heard people say, well, it's too expensive. And we've heard people say, well, we don't need one because we've got one right there. The problem with the one that we've got right there is that it doesn't work. It doesn't work for people that are anything less than an athlete. It doesn't work for commuting. It gets you into the river valley, and that would still be its purpose, perhaps. So the arguments are there. We don't need one. It's too expensive. We've already got one. And it would come with a hefty price tag. No doubt it would come with a hefty price tag. But we don't know what that price tag would be until we do a study. We need to find out what would be the design, where would it possibly go, 
what style, how high, how far. Those are the numbers that we need rather than a number just arbitrarily pulled from the air. And without knowing that number, we don't know if this project is going to get off the ground, pardon the pun, but we need to find out. And that's where we are right now. We need to find out exactly what it would cost and then cross the bridge as we come to it. We do know that it would be as expensive as the proposed north side park going up under the north side of Lethbridge. It could come in at around the same price tag as the NMAX city renovations. That was expensive. And let's look at the leisure centers that are being proposed for the west side. They come with a healthy price tag as well. It could be, who knows, maybe as expensive as those. Hopefully not. I'm hoping that it would come in less expensive than the proposed leisure centers for the, for the west side. But the beauty of this, too, is that once it's built, there's no admission. There's no hours. You can go any time of the day or night. You can cross any day of the week. You don't have to pay to cross. You can just go out there and enjoy it and use it. With the Bob Carey Bridge, it came in at 21.5. They had 18. There's that opportunity for fundraising. And the bridge won't get built unless we've got cooperation with the federal government, the provincial government, municipal, and then, of course, we'd be looking for the opportunity for people to get their names on the bridge. But certainly, the project won't go anywhere unless we've got provincial money and federal money coming into it. So we'll be clear on that. On the plus side, let's look at what it could do for us. Located close to the downtown core, we're looking at a means to really revitalize our downtown. And the downtown has great things happening. It's got the First Fridays. It's got the market. It's got uh, different festivals that they have, the word on the street. It's got things that are happening to the downtown. And this would be one more thing that we can build that would enhance the downtown possibly even encourage housing. So for the students that are looking to go over to the university, this would be a nice area that we could look at for improving the downtown and our housing as well. From an economic point of view, we believe that this would be, this would put Lethbridge on the map. Something as iconic as this, it would illustrate that Lethbridge is a very family-friendly community, willing to look outside the box, willing to look far enough down the road, and businesses could be enticed by that concept and the bridge here in town. We look at the health situation of today's society. You know, when, when I was a kid, we used to get outside and play. And kids don't hardly do that anymore. And, and we keep reading these articles in the paper about every year, the kids seem to be getting bigger and bigger. Not necessarily taller, but bigger. You know, a sedentary lifestyle, it's, it's crazy. We don't, we're not active anymore. But what they've found in places where they build pedestrian bridges is that people do get more active. It gives them a reason. It gives them a place to meet. And it would certainly help to connect our disconnected trails. Tourism. Okay. Now, Lethbridge is a nice city. But we don't have beautiful beaches we don't have palm trees, and we don't have the Eiffel Tower. And the Eiffel Tower, when it was built, it was built with a lot of criticism. They thought, well, it, it does nothing 
this, this project, this building, it has no purpose. How many people have been to Paris? A show of hands? Okay, a show of hands for anybody who's been to Paris and hasn't gone to the Eiffel Tower. Two people. Shame on you. Okay. This could be the same as the Eiffel Tower, but for Lethbridge. Who would not come to Lethbridge and not go out onto the longest, highest pedestrian bridge in Canada? Same person. You can go now. But who has an Aunt Sally or an Uncle Joe from Edmonton or Saskatoon or Toronto or from wherever, and they're coming to town for the weekend? And who wouldn't say, hey, you got to come out and see this. you got to come out and see what this bridge is like. The view would be amazing. Now, right now, the claim to fame for the longest and the highest in Canada is Outlook, Saskatchewan. Outlook, Saskatchewan, population, hardly anybody at all. And they've got the longest, highest pedestrian bridge in Canada. 3,000 feet long, 150 feet in the air. So, we need to be higher than 150 feet. If we were 300 feet, wow, we'd really have something. Another nice thing about this, and I, I heard this last night at a presentation I was doing. You know, we talk about safety and how... Safety and accessibility. So the accessibility, we want to make sure that everybody can go anywhere in the city, right? Because that's what they deserve. Safety. If you're coming down that west side hill and there's any kind of snow or ice, it could just be a matter of a millisecond and you're in deep trouble. If the conditions are wet, you know, and, and you know what you've got on the other side and it's not beautiful and you're carrying as much speed as you can, it's a, it's a potential disaster. Whereas if you've got something that goes across the top of the coulee to the top of the coulee, it takes that equation out of it. Last night I had somebody that told me, his daughter goes to the university, works downtown, and he says, how about if I buy you one of those neat electric-assisted bicycles so that you can have that little bit of a assist as you go up the hill? And she said, no thanks, Dad. He didn't know why. But later it came up. The reason that she didn't want that nice, fancy new bike is because she didn't like the idea of the speed that she would get going down the hill. This would take that out of the equation. Now, picture this as well for safety. We're looking at a bridge. Typically, they're building them these days at about 14 feet wide, thereabouts. 4.25 meters, 4.5 meters so about 14 feet wide for those of us that are still working in that old way of measuring things. These are designed structurally to accommodate a police vehicle or an ambulance. So how many times in the past year alone has Whoop-Up Drive been closed because of an accident, because of snow? And shortly thereafter, we hear, well, by golly, Highway 3 is closed as well. So we don't have any way of getting back and forth across the river valley. If you were on the west side and your loved one had a heart attack, how would that feel to you, knowing that Whoop-Up Drive is closed, Highway 3 is closed, there's no way to get Uncle Joe to the hospital? But with this, there would be a dedicated route and a dedicated way that an ambulance could cross on the pedestrian bridge. Think of it.
It gives us that one opportunity. So 105 years from now, you know, Lethbridge is going to look a whole lot different. It's going to be a whole lot bigger. It's going to be a different Lethbridge in those days. But it's today and over the months to come that we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to let the city council and our senior administration know that, hey, this isn't such a far-fetched idea. And this is something that we could actually do. And this is something that we want to do. Because this is our opportunity to leave a legacy for the generations to come, just like they left for us 105 years ago. And we're looking at 105 years. But right now we're looking at five years. Because in five years, Canada will be 150. In five years, the university will be 50. They're calling it the road to 2017. And the road to 2017 comes with money for legacy projects like this. And so what we need to do in order to be early at the trough, we need to have all the studies done. We need to know the style of bridge, where it would be. We need to get all the environmental aspects looked after, deal with all the paperwork over the next three years so that in two years, we're what they call a shovel ready. We have a project ready to go. We have funding in place, provincial, federal, municipal, and we've got an enormous amount of citizens out there that would like to have for $100 maybe their name on the bridge or a business that would like for $1,000 perhaps or 3000 to have their company logo on the bridge. And then years and years from now when our children and their children come over and they're on the bridge, they can look up and say, oh yeah, there's our family name. They helped build this bridge. And this is the opportunity that we have. We can be part of an amazing, an amazing project. So a little over 100 years ago, CPR had the vision. They had the vision to, to move freight over this wonderful bridge. And today, the vision that we have, and hopefully the vision that you leave here with today, is that we can move people. We can move the citizens across the bridge. And so the road to 2017, we're hoping, has a bridge. Like our namesake, Lethbridge. We can build a bridge. So let's bridge. We can move Lethbridge forward with the Cooley Corridor Pedestrian Bridge. And thank you for your attention today. Thank you very much.